Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslenko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 1, Episode 16 of this podcast. We will hear Father Mark's homily from May 13, 2018, the seventh Sunday of Easter in Year B. The Gospel for this week is John, Chapter 17, Verses 11b to 19. Let us listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of John. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost, except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world, and I consecrate myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. That they may be one as we are one. That they may be one as we are one. Some good, solid theological reflection can help us take that out of just the realm of pious thinking and make it something concrete that we can rely upon and live by. If we look at Jesus' teaching, it was really all about connecting the dots and establishing unity of getting folks to understand that there is an intimate connection that exists between God, their self, others, and creation. That we're not separate, but we're together as brothers and sisters, as children of the one God. Establishing these connections is really what is essential to finding truth and discovering happiness. You know, an image that I often find useful in trying to discuss the spiritual life is the image of electricity and using it as a metaphor. Most of us realize that if we're going to wire a house and have the electrical system work, We can't just simply run wires haphazardly, one here and one there. 
just running an electrical wire to my bedroom does not produce the light that I so desire. That this whole system only works when the proper circuits are connected and the wires are laid properly. If the power is not working, the electrician has to troubleshoot to find out what piece is not in proper order so that the thing can, in unison, function. We're like that same electrical system. Our circuits have to be in proper order and connection in order for us to be who God created us to be. And the circuits of our lives involve God, myself, others, and creation. And when we have all of those pieces together, we can then be who God created us to be and discover that inner happiness and peace. The problem that creeps in, especially in our society today, is that we're constantly hearing messages that have to do with being a rugged individualist. In other words, that my happiness is what I make it, my success is what I make it, that I'm in charge of creating this thing I call my life. And the problem is, is that we can struggle with our relationship with God, we can struggle with our relationship with ourselves. We can even struggle with our relationship with creation and one another. But if this mentality of being an individualistic person, answerable only to myself, is behind those relationships, the circuits are not going to be properly connected. I had a conversation a while back with a young man he was a husband, father, had a great job, and we got on the topic of faith. And he told me that he was raised Catholic in a very good church-going family, but quickly admitted that he had given up on going to church and practicing his faith. And so we had a conversation, and I said, well, do you believe in God? He says, yeah, I believe in God. And I said, well, what's with the church? And he says, well, I believe in God, but I don't need the church to validate that. Interesting choice of words. I don't need the church to validate that. In other words, my faith is my faith, and I don't need to bring that anywhere. What I believe, I believe, and it's all up to me. Well, if we step back from that, is it really all just up to you? When it comes down to it, the in communities we establish are much bigger than what we think we need our own. And see, the rugged individualism creeps in when I think that the community with whom I associate is purely what I need it to be. And we sometimes limit that to our families, to my places of work, those individuals that I rely upon for immediate things and need, those become my community. And we don't factor in the need for the ecclesial community of the church and my relationship with that. If 
Father, may they be one as we are one, is hooked into that reality. And if we look at how those early Christians put their Christian communities together, we get an image of what Jesus was really trying to intend. Those early communities were intentional communities. They were fueled and passioned not by personal desire or gain. It wasn't to just simply benefit the members, but it was fueled and ignited by the gospel. And those intentional communities lived in a certain way. They had a particular set of priorities. They were based on love, forgiveness, justice, nonviolence. They often lived in opposition with a world that was trying to bring them to a different place. But in and through it all, they supported one another. They loved one another. And they made sure that everyone's needs were taken care of and that people wanted for nothing. These intentional communities supported faith. And when people looked at these communities and they witnessed how they lived, they then were inspired to believe in that same message, in that same truth. And it was that that gave life and light to that early church. It was that that allowed so many people to then be baptized and accept the faith in Jesus Christ because of what they witnessed. You see, as believers... We're not called to witness just to ourselves. Life isn't just about what it can do for me and for those I immediately love. Life is really about all of us. And our deeper connection to humanity and the other brothers and sisters with whom I share life. And the message sometimes gets weakened because we privatize it too much and make it more about my salvation and what I need out of my faith and less about us and what God is asking us to do with our faith. You see, because for the disciple, the community is essential. Being a part of this larger community and having an allegiance to it and a presence here is so critical for us being able to do what God is asking us to do. This Eucharist that we celebrate isn't just a wonderful sacrament that is going to get us hopefully to heaven. It's a wonderful sacrament that is meant to strengthen and nourish so that when we leave this place, we can go and take up the task of the gospel with greater fervor, strength, and courage and live these intentional lives that are fueled by the gospel and fueled by Jesus' call to love one another. To love one another. In short, as we do unto others and as we do unto the earth, we do unto ourselves. And so how we interact and how we behave with others and with the earth in which we live is going to mirror back on us. And so the real task today is for us to be witnesses, to be strengthened by one another on our journey of faith, to be strengthened by the Eucharist we share, so that we can go out 
and meet folks and help them make the proper connections in their life. To tell them if they're going to be happy, they have to properly connect the circuits, God, self, others, creation. We have the gift to give. And in making that donation of ourselves, it is you and I in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, when we interact in the world, who can bring hope, who can bring love, who can bring faith where there is none. And being joyful in spreading the gospel, people will look at us and say, that person has something that I want. And they will come to faith. We don't have to stand on a soapbox. All we have to do is live gospel-centered lives and help people see that there is a better way, a more whole way, a more loving way to be the children God created us to be. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.